afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is John Harvey. I'm your host of the Modical Service Podcast. Been a while, been a while, been a while. Off and on. I've been a little bit sick, a little bit busy, trying to be dad, getting ready for Christmas. So hopefully 2022, I'm on the air all the time, twice a week. You know, I've gotten some emails asking me, you know, am I on vacation? No, I'm still here. Just been handling business. Um, Today, I have a very special guest with me. Um, They are friends of mine. And uh, you guys have heard me mention them many, many, many times on air. Um, His name is Jason Preston, and he's running for Congress, 3rd District. And uh, I would like to welcome Jason to the show. Jason, how are you? And Alexia, Uh his beautiful wife. Don't forget Alexia. <laughs> oh no! Oh she's no! The star. She's the star of the show. Nah, I'm just. She the is. She is. You know. You know. Every time I uh, see you, I always ask where she's at first. You know. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the better half. <laughs> yeah, that that's my secret weapon. I, I'm. Uh, you know, she's uh, she's the one everybody wants, but uh, you know, I figure you got to get me with her. So. So I will uh, take it. No. <laughs> we'll take it. So tell me, tell us a little bit about yourself and you guys and where you're from and what brings you to this, this realm of politics. Well, that's a, uh, quite a story. Tell us a little about ourselves, but uh, I guess we'll start with the short version. Um, Lexi and I have been together about seven years and uh, we, uh, we met, I, I'm actually from Orem. Uh, Lexia is from, New York. Yes, sir. Uh, we met in uh, Florida in between and uh, about like so about seven years ago. And uh, at the time, uh, she, she was fairly politically awake. I was definitely politically awake. And I was, I was right when we met as I actually happened to take, start taking a job working for a, a political watchdog organization. And uh <clears throat> So, you know, we were all day long traveling, uh, talking to business owners about, you know, politics and their concerns and frustrations. And, and about, uh, what, four years ago, we moved out to Utah? In the middle of a hurricane, 2017. Yeah, a hurricane out in Florida and uh, maybe the hand of God chased us out of Florida, brought us out of Utah in 2017. So, yeah, and then we've been here since. We've got two girls. We've got a 19-year-old and a 22-year-old. Um, both amazing patriots, uh, incredibly, uh, I mean, strong, smart girls. They were homeschooled most of their lives. Uh, but, uh, I mean, they'll take anyone on politically. I mean, they, they've been banned on platform. There is multiple times. So, uh, we have a very strong patriotic family and, uh, bottom line about, uh, I think starting with COVID, I think we just started getting really concerned and, and, um, more and more engaged. And uh, last year, I think after the elections, we started seeing people really get concerned that, that you know, losing hope. Uh, in fact, you know, I, and again, I talked to these business owners all day long. And after the elections, everyone is kind of like just felt like there was no hope left. And so um, I just found like my job was really trying to give hope to people and keep people in the fight because I knew if the people gave up and started just like giving up on the political process, then we would lose this country. Exactly. And so, you know, I was out there telling people, here's the plan. You know, we're, you know, we can win this. We're going to, you know, people are going to wake up. Obama, Biden's going to be a great thing for the country. 
And, you know, we need to return to the power of the state and the state needs to rein in the federal government. And, and bottom line is uh, after just doing that for long enough, especially last year, we just, or this year, we realized uh, we need to step up and, and run. So it was kind of a very much a, you know, something we knew we were doing together. Um, but uh, yeah, so we threw our hat, our hat in the ring and uh, the rest has been uh, history. It's uh, It's been now just a great journey and up some crazy ups and crazy downs. Oh, we've been meeting oh, some incredible people, present company included in the process. You know, I think the people that we've met in this last year or two uh, have been some of the most incredible people. And John, it's been a pleasure getting to know you and spending time with you and, and all the great Patriots here in the state of Utah. We've, we've, we've gotten to know over the last year and a half. Yeah. Utah has some of the most incredible Patriots anywhere. Oh, I agree. You know, when I first met you at the Luau, you know, mm-hmm. we've been friends ever since then. And, uh, I will personally say for myself, these are two fantastic people. I mean, politically, fan- a rock star, but as, as, as people themselves, fantastic people, you know, I've been to their home, I've had dinner with them and you know what? We all think alike in our community, our Patriot community. We all stand by each other and we support each other. You know, most of my podcasts, I always bring you up, you know, I always bring up my buddy, Jason and people ask me, who's Jason? Look him up, look him up, look him up because I truly support this man because this man exemplifies everything I believe in. Now he's often asked me, when are you going to run? I said, dude, all I care is about you running. So with that said, that being said, so as far as Utah and then you've been out more than I have, you've been to more events. What is your sense or your vibe of the Utah community this coming election? You think they're going to, we're going to get it right this time. So do you want to take a stab at that? Do you want me to? Well, I think this is not just a one and done process. I think this is at least a three-year process uh, of what's to come. I think there's going to be a massive house cleaning uh, in the state and across the country. Um, I think we got a small taste of that back in, what was it? Virginia? No, no, no. Before Virginia, during Obama. where we Oh, the Tea Party movement. With the Tea Party movement. So I think where we flipped 70% of the House and Senate. We can do that here in the state of Utah. We can do that across the board again on an even bigger scale, if you can believe it. And I think we owe a lot to the current environment, including some of the stuff that that Biden and this administration has been doing. But more so than the federal level, I think part of Jason's platform, and I'll let him speak about this more, is is that house cleaning needs to happen here with the state first. And that's ground up. That's local city council, school boards, delegates, uh, all the way up to to governor, to to the federal government. So I think as long as we're putting in the right people and those people are constitutionally sound, um, it doesn't matter anymore, I think, what you have next to your name, because I think that's losing its its meaning. Just because you have an R next to your name doesn't mean that you have true conservative values. We need true conservative constitutionalists taking seats in office. And and that's why we've been so encouraging for for people like you to run um, and people that are stepping up like Alina, like Jason, and and many, many of the people that are starting to to show face that 
might have not been on the scene. And that's a great thing because we don't want people that have been groomed through a system that have been from education on uh, getting into power just to let power corrupt them further or special interest or, or money from whomever that we can't even trace. So mm -hmm. I think the more quote unquote regular people we can have stepping up, the more we can take back this control. Yeah, I think we need the types of people running for office who, who, because the, the challenge, John, with, with and, and you know this, with, uh, and the founding fathers knew this, with, with uh, power and politicians, that it is it attracts a certain type of individual. Typically attracts someone who wants power, who wants, likes control, and, and wants that influence. It's, so it attracts the type of people who you don't want, typically, you know, who will say whatever they need to say and do whatever they need to say to climb the power structure. And I think right now we're, we are as a country and it's, and, and very much as a state, we are saturated to a point where if we don't start cleaning house, these type of people, uh, I mean, they're, they're literally bringing us to the end of the, our Republic, but the, actually the Republic's pretty much over, but the, now we're in a democracy and, and the end the democracy is pretty much we're within the last years of it. If we don't turn things around. And so the answer is you've got to get a different type. You, we need people who seek not power, but to take it down. We got to send in people who it's not about them going in and climbing the power structure. We need people who will take it down and, and return it to the States and to the people. But going back to your first question, the, the current environment. Uh, no, I don't think it's there yet. I, I don't, if elections were today, even if people knew who I was, I don't think I'd get elected. Uh, however, part of the reason I'm coming is I, ha I have a pretty strong idea about what is to come. I understand human nature pretty well and history. and history and what history tells us and human nature tells us and, and the pattern, you know, civilizations go through is that we have some significant pain at our doorstep. Uh, we, we are on the tyranny when it gets a, when it gets a grip, it only loses it to get a tighter grip. And right now we're in a season of the, of that grip loosening slightly and it's about to get tight. And when that grip of tyranny gets tight around people's necks, all of a sudden they start fighting for it. And so when people fight for freedom, then all of a sudden, and when they realize where they're losing the country, then they're not going to want status quo politicians. They're going to want people who will take the country back to the principles it was founded upon. So I, my, my belief is by next spring, summer, we're going to be in a state where people are going to be very awake, very concerned, and, and they're going to be ready to clean house. And our job is, and my, our mission is to, is to help speed that process along and help encourage them and help encourage people to run and, 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 uh, and be a part of that house cleaning. It's, it's, we can't fix this country by ourselves. But if enough people wake up and get in the fight, we the people can and will. So that's kind of, you know, my thoughts on the current climate. Um, but I think it's coming. Let me look at look at Europe. Right. 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 And I think at the core of it, what the issue is, is it's a leadership crisis. We we have a real deficiency in in well, one men stepping up and, and being men yeah. and yep. people who are in control. Well, maybe they're not even the ones in control. So it's. It's we need strong people stepping up. We need warriors stepping up, whether that's the mama bears out there or real strong masculine leadership. We need it across the board, local level, all the way up to the federal level. Yeah. Well, but you know, I've seen every time I've gone out and I'm at an event or I'm speaking, I've noticed one thing apparent here in Utah, at least in Utah, it's the mama bears that you see the most. And it's, it's kind of sad, too. 
because, you know, you got the mama bears out there fighting the battle. And at times I wonder when I'm looking out in the, you know, in the audience, I'm thinking, where are the men at in Utah? Mm-hmm. Where are the men at? You know, it's getting to the point now where, you know, I, I've often said, you know, we arose from man rose from ape. Now we turn to sheep. <laughs> <laughs> where are the men at this country? Because, you know, look, I'm an alpha. I'm not afraid to say it. I take care of my family. I take care of my kids. I handle my business. I do what I'm supposed to. But at the same time, I represent that flag on the behind me. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and there's so many people nowadays that have gotten away, you know, gotten away from, you know, men being men. You know, I see guys, what's what's always ironic to me, you got these guys, you hear them on, they got their guns, you know, they love their guns. But at the same time, you're wearing a damn mask. Yeah. <laughs> That's just not a good look. At least for me, it's not a good look. So, Jason, I've heard you speak several times about the three and a half percent. Um. Could you expound on that to my audience? Let them know what that means when you say three and a half percent. Yeah. So there's a great book. It's called why civil resistance works. And it's actually, it's kind of actually a leftist book. Uh, It's got the fist on it, uh, the Marxist fist, but it's a, it's a great read because what it does is it breaks down every peaceful revolution in the uh, past, basically 150, 200 years uh, it goes through the civil rights movement here. It goes through Gandhi. It talks about um, Philippines. I mean, it goes, it goes through just case after case. And what they find is that when you have approximately about three and a half percent of the population peacefully um, resisting and peacefully non-complying, that, that is enough to turn a country around. Assembly, so which is why assembly is such a so under attack right now. Right, and and we saw a hint of that with the Tea Party movement. Um, you know, when Obama was in office, that led to the Tea Party movement. And we did it was definitely not three and a half percent, but even the Tea Party movement, which is probably about one and a half percent, led to like Alexia said, uh, starting Obama's second term. Over the next six years, we replaced 70% of the House in the Senate. It was the biggest house clean in the history of this country. It, it turned the tide. I mean, honestly, I had no hope for the country back when, when Bush was in office and early Obama. I thought we were done. I had zero hope. I, had, I have way more hope now than I did then because nobody was awake. Now, I mean, but then the Tea Party movement, just maybe one and a half percent of the population getting involved in, like Alexia said, peacefully assembling and saying, we're not going to comply and we're not going to go down with this and we're going to clean house and being visible. I mean, we that turned the entire trajectory of this country around. It went from no hope to, I mean, look at every single indicator. The middle class prospered the last few years, energy independent. Uh, strengthening our borders, strengthening our, our, our bringing manufacturing back, uh, you know, religion flourished. I mean, every single factor uh, flourished in the last few years. And people say, well, it's Trump. No, actually wasn't Trump. It was the Tea Party movement that turned the entire tide around. And Trump was part of the wave that the Tea Party created. So uh, I, I believe if we, you know, that's my thing is, look, we can do it. You know, Obama was great. He brought the pain. He woke the people up. He slapped them in the face, let them see that things were wrong. And he took a sleeping nation and led to the Tea Party. And Biden is going to do way more than that because now we don't have a sleeping nation. You this whole let's go Brandon out there that every everyone can't. We have a nation of people awake. 
they're pissed. They know things are not as they as they're being billed by the as, as the news is is spinning it, and, and they're frustrated. And and all that needs is that match. It's we are one 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 thing away from the people saying we've had enough. And then and once we have had enough, just like they've had in in uh, Europe, in in Australia, in Paris, and once we start to stand up like they're standing up. We will we will clean house like this country and the state has never seen. Well, Obama had one thing, right? Do you remember what his campaign slogan was? Change. Hope, hope, <laughs> hope and, and, and he did bring hope and he brought change. <laughs> that he did. That boy did. That Negro did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's my platform. <laughs> but uh, um, I want to I want to say that um, you know, in Utah. You know, I really hope we can get rid of the Romneyites, the the Blake Moors, you know, the Rhinos. Because in Utah, what's a little bit different in Utah is, you know, one we're we're so you know supposed to be a conservative state, but there's a lot of people that are well, they like the Romneys, they like the, the Spencer Coxes of the world. And do you think we can actually get them the come our way on the real conservative side, not the liberal conservative side, but the real conservative side. You think we can get them, you know, to roll over to our way and see things that we are expressing and that we believe in as true conservatives? I, I don't, th- I think we can play a small part in that. Right. Uh, unfortunately, I think it's going to have to take significant amount of pain to do that. Uh, he- here's what's exciting is, you know, I, I speak to a lot of groups, and one of the things I've been asking lately is how many of you have been paying attention, you know, for eight years or 10 years? Like, you know, you, how many people have been paying attention since before Obama is like almost nobody? And then you say, okay, how many people have been paying, paying attention since Obama? And then, then a, a significant group of hands go up. And then you say, how many people in the last year? And you'll see a lot of people that the last year have, have, have woken up because of these heavy-handed mandates, because of, you know, what's happening in the schools. So you are seeing a, you have a large, uh, a, a very, you're seeing a, a, a movement. It, it's happening. It's, it's not as fast as I'd like it to be, but it's growing. And Biden will bring more pain. These, these mandates are going to get worse. The, the, this Marxist push on, against our freedoms uh, is going to get worse in schools. Uh, the border issue, the 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 issue with our money supply and our inflation and, and supply chain, every, all these things are going to work for our good as uh, because that's what's going to wake up the average person and make the average person say, you know what, all is not well in Zion. I, I think we can get more specific than that because the district that we're in, the the current uh, congressman, the incumbent, is a classic rhino through and through. You mean he, John Curtis? Yes, sir. He was the Democratic mayor of Provo. Um, little history here. When uh, J- Jason Chaffetz left uh, back in, what was it, 2000, 2008, I believe it was. Uh, don't quote me on that. 10. But 2010. Uh, no, 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 it was way later than that. Well, Anyways, go ahead. Point, point being, <laughs> point being <laughs> he entered by way of special elections, switched party lines in order to get in. So that right there, red flag, number one. But, you know, we could make the argument Trump has his past. He's he's switched around where he stands. But all that aside, if you look both at his voting record 
uh, where he ranks with, I believe it's ACU, and also with some of the issues, more importantly, that he's touting with what Jason just listed, with all the issues facing our country right now, with our border out of control, with inflation out of control, with the need, with the dire need to be energy independent, we have a current congressman touting climate change as the biggest issue facing America. Now, anyone who's really in touch with their constituents and with the real issues facing America, a true conservative would know these are not the issues at hand. And maybe his tone has changed as we get closer to the election cycle. But if you even go to his Twitter page for a while, the, the main picture on that page was him and Jill Biden at the inauguration with masks on. Does that represent your constituents? Maybe a few of them there, but but no, that's not what we're facing. And as this pain gets heightened, as these mandates and the pressure gets that's hiked up and it's imminent, we're going to be seeing people asking for real people stepping up to address those issues. And you don't have rhinos addressing those, those key issues. They're focused on, on talking points that they might not even mean and issues that benefit either their special interest or, or some of the people that are paying their, uh, their finances on their campaign. Yeah. John, I, I think one of the things too, people are frustrated with is, you know, I kind of been using the the, the uh, phrase lately, the, the, the analogy of the watchman on the tower, mm-hmm. and uh, your our representatives should be watchmen on the tower. They should be the watchmen looking out for the problems and warning us. They should be the ones saying, "Look what's behind the curtain here in D.C." They should be the ones saying, "Look what's happening behind the curtains here in Utah." All is not well. Wake up, people, and stand up. But instead of having watchmen in the towers, it's the us begging the people, open your eyes and see what's going on and stand up for us. And what they're doing is they're saying, oh, no, there's nothing to see. There's nothing to see. They're defending the state. They're defending the federal government instead of standing, being a representative of the people and being a watchman on the tower. And I think that's what, you know, that's what people are waking up. They're like, we don't want any more of these politicians that are just there trying to like be unnoticed and trying to stay in the office. We need we need watchmen on the tower. We need people who will go after these criminals and take them down. And and that's you know one of our biggest messages is let's win our own backyard. Let's win Utah. Let's get control of our governor. Get control of our state reps. And that means cleaning ninety five percent of them out and put people in who will be watchmen on the towers. People who will stand up for what's right. Because mm-hmm. if we don't, John, you know what's happening coming, and it ain't pretty. Oh, yeah. It ain't pretty, you know, and this is and a lot of people don't get that. You know, I had a conversation the other day um, with the senator. We were chatting one night and um, I had gotten some call from people that I know at workforce services about the the mandate of the bill, the new uh, vaccine mandate, the anti the new law where business can't uh, discriminate against the unvaccinated. And he and I were talking. I said, Senator. Whoever wrote now, he's part of the sponsor. He's one of the sponsors of the bill. And I said, this bill has too many loopholes in it. I'm getting calls from workforce services saying that people that work for their adjudicators at workforce services saying, hey, look. We've got people that are getting fired and we can't give them unemployment because they refuse to get vaccinated. That's what I meant. But there's a law preventing that now. Well, the law has so many loopholes in it. And one of the major ones that they're using right now is the employer actually has a right to reassign you. 
And if he can't reassign you, he can legally fire you. So what the employers are doing, especially like IHC and all these medical places, they're saying that we can't reassign you, so we're letting you go. So he and I were talking, I said, this is the problem I have with Republican politicians in this state. You all claim to do really, really, you're looking out for the little man. But you got this big old loophole that you don't tell anybody about. He said, well, let me tell you where that loophole came from. That loophole came from Spencer Cox. I'll call his name out. I don't care. Spencer Cox said in this bill, I'm not going to sign it unless you put this escape clause in there. This is the problem that the people in the state are having with our politicians. Now, the writer of the bill should have came out publicly and said, hey, look, this is what your governor is asking us to do to circumvent paying out medical claims or unemployment claims. So my point to that whole, that whole story is I can't stand politicians for the most part because all they do is cover for each other. Yeah, They don't think about their constituents. We need people that are going to focus on the constituents. We need people, when we send you to office, to represent us, damn it, rec- represent us the way we want you to represent. That's why you're friends that you and I are friends. Because yeah. I know you would do that. I don't have a doubt in my mind. There's no question in my mind that you're going to do exactly what you say you're going to do. And trust me, Congress doesn't want you, don't want you and I in there together. <laughs> That's a dangerous no. deal right there. No, they don't want that. They don't want that here. They don't like guys like you and I. You know, I was speaking to another GOP individual, and we're talking, I hope Jason gets in. We want Jason to get in. I said, well, you know what? Throw money his way. So put your money where your mouth is. Quit talking about it and throw money his way. He said, well, we got to wait right now. We got to wait right now. So I'm going to pull the trigger and uh, get my buddy where he needs to go. You know, let me ask you something. In the state of Utah, you know, we've got Burgess Owens. Mm-hmm. Now, I like Burgess, but he's the epitome of what we just got done talking about. Quiet. Not a fighter. Play to stay. What makes you much different than Burgess? I called him out. You don't have to call him out, but you just tell the world what's the difference between you and him. So I'll tell you a little bit of the difference. Um, <laughs> there, Just do it. I was born, I was born for this, John. Uh, there, you know, I, I, my, I have a spirit that just does not do well with being controlled with, with tyranny. Uh, when I was a, a young father, when I had our two girls, I have a sister who, uh, who has down syndrome and, uh, she was, you know, she was living with my dad and she wasn't really being taken care of as well as she should have been. So we brought her in and raised her with my two girls. And um, they have a program for her where where basically they pay her a couple thousand, pay us a couple thousand dollars a month. And they have her in these programs, you know, where she, you know, uh, where where they kind of help, you know, put her in like like schooling and, and activities and well, 
after about a year, they came and says, you know, we really think Lisa needs to be dating. And, you know, Lisa, she was uh, about 38 at the time and she had an IQ of about five or six year old. And I said, no, I don't think my sister needs to be dating. And he says, well, you know, this is the new program, new direction we're going. And if you want this money from the federal government, you need, you need to, you know, she needs to be doing this. Well, I would, I just barely graduated college, had a new mortgage. I was not rolling by any stretch of imagination. I was actually putting on bike races, which doesn't make a lot of money. Um, but I said, I'll tell you what you can do with your, you know, $2,000 a month. You can take it and shove it because I will not be controlled and I will not have you tell me how to dictate. I will not be bought off and told how to dictate how to raise my sister. So, you know, <laughs> I've got a problem with, with, with government. I've got a problem with government control. And, you know, there comes a point when, when you realize, and that's what I was willing to do over an issue like that. We're dealing with something now much different. We're dealing with literally the end of our country, John. We are literally at, you know, anyone who studies what happened in, in, in Russia, what happened in, in Germany, what happened in, in China and Cambodia, uh, when Marxism fully takes over, when, when you realize where, where we are in, in relation to, to, um, those timetables, we're, we are at the very tail end. When, when people talk about the Constitution hanging by a thread, it is, not a, it is not just a trite saying. It literally is hanging by a thread. And our children, and it's not just our children, we will see things that no generation in the history of this planet has seen if we do not stand up and, and, and fight. So this is not about, you know, silly, you know, t- telling us how to raise our children. This is about the freedom, freedom as, we, as we know it. And if, and so, I mean, when you have this much on the line, you don't have a choice. We don't have a choice. And, and the enemy is, you know, it's, it's the people in power. It's the system and the system has to be taken down. We have to restore the constitution. We have to clean house. And if we don't, you know, freedom and and, and this country as we've known it is, is, is coming to an end. I've said, I've often said in 2022, if things go bad as 2020, we're done. Yeah. We're done because they're going to make it so hard to fight back. It's going to take you years to get there. Yeah. Um, people do not understand the severity of, of the situation we're in right now. You know, you know, I don't, I say you don't have to be a, a genius to know what the constitution is all about, but you have to be awake to know what's going on in your country. And still, you know, there's a lot of things, like, for example, it's rather curious. In our country, we don't see a lot of stuff going on, the anti-movements you know, movements that are in other countries. We don't see, see them there. It's because of the media. Anything that will cause the American people to get triggered, they won't let you see it. Yeah. Because if we see what's going on in Europe, we see what's going on in Brazil, we get to see what's going on in Italy. If we all were to see that, they know that will become infectious. The message was spread. You know, the crap that's going on in Canada now when they banned the AR-15 platform guns. 1,500 guns they banned. Types of gun they banned. Just, just like that. That won't happen here. You know, what people don't understand about the Constitution is, you know, the Second Amendment doesn't say you have a right to own a firearm. It actually doesn't say that. What it does says. The government shall not infringe on your right to own 
uh, firearms. And there's a big difference in there. That means any gun you want to, technically any gun you want to own, you can own because it's a firearm. It's protected. So that probably won't happen here by a convention of states, but it may happen by having a president who just issue an edict and it's gone. And then what's going to happen then? It's take guys like you and I to fight the battle because there's so many people in this country walk around with blindfolds on or masks on and facts don't and history don't matter to them anymore. They're content. I mean, I've always said this to people. I said, you want the government to control your life because you can't control it yourself. And yeah. that's the honest God truth. These people believe that the government can do better than they can when it comes to their own, their own freedom, their own liberty, um, their own free agency. Yeah. And go ahead. No, I was just I was just gonna say a story. You're absolutely right, John. You know, it's it's easy for us to say that here in Utah, but being someone from the East Coast, um, okay, <laughs> being someone from the East Coast, it's a very different mindset. You know, I have, I have New Yorker friends that are very awake, the few that are left behind, but many people, East Coast specific, New York specific, and a lot of metropolitan cities, they're just like, why do you need a gun? Why do you, why do you need a gun? You know, I, I, it, it boggles their mind. And for people like us, we're like, well, I can give you a whole reason why. And here's the constitution where it says exactly what you were saying. But I'll tell you a quick little story. My mother, bless her heart. I, I love her to death. We're very close with her. But January 6th, after the, the incident at the Capitol, um, she's someone who is very influenced by the media, you know, especially when you take people and you keep them in captivity and they're just plugged to the TV to figure out, is it safe to go out? What's going on in the outside world? And you're regurgitating what's on TV and you're getting all your facts from what is being told to you. Well, I didn't hear from my mom for a good two, three weeks after that. And, and Jason and I were scratching our heads here as we're watching, you know, the world seemingly implode in itself over, you know, whatever happened at the Capitol. And eventually we got a hold of her and, and she was really upset, really, really upset with us, even though she knew we were here home in Utah, uh, claiming that we were insurrectionists. And I mean, we're just sitting home having breakfast. You know, living our normal life, going to work and, and spending time with our family. And we had to educate her. And this took a really long time about what is the Second Amendment, why we have the Second Amendment. Let me back up. Well, she said, she said, she said, I know what happened January 6th. And she says, and I know, and she says, I've seen pictures with you guys with your guns. I'm like, but, okay. And by that, she means we go out with the girls, we teach them proper firearm safety, how to shoot, target practice, you know, all the normal stuff you do when you live in Utah and, and most places around the country. Uh, but because the narrative around guns on the media and around January 6th is these are terrorists. And even what you see in a lot of mainstream media, even here in Utah, uh, we were at that Utah Patriots uh, Christmas dinner last week, and they had a fun little thing with Santa where, you know, kids were posing with guns and it, it was cute. It was completely harmless. It wasn't a militia gathering by any stretch of the imagination. But the media ran with this as if this was a, a glorified Proud Boys event where people were just going around shooting up the joint like Wiley e. Coyote. I mean, it was 
it is bonkers how you have taken something, which is a basic constitutional right, and turned it into something completely different just based on media narrative and perception. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that really concerns me, John, and you've already alluded to it, is is the media. Um, Hitler was very effective uh, with with the use of propaganda. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, these tyrants in the 20th century, Hitler, Stalin, uh, Mao, uh, they used media to for propaganda. And, and all they had was the radio. But they used state-sponsored media to, to, to uh, control people's thinking, basically. And they were very effective. The, the, those tyrants would, could only dream of having the tools we, that our government has today. Uh, the, the, the news medias, the radio, Hollywood, there's this unholy alliance between government corporations, media, uh, the news, then Hollywood, and the school systems. There's this unholy alliance where this, there, there is this complete across-the-board propaganda uh, machine. And it is so powerful that they are even able to, in, in a short time, make people question a fundamental truth as basic as two genders. I mean, that's almost hard to comprehend that in a matter of a few years that they could enti- convince an entire population that there are more than, that there are more than two genders, that they could in a matter of months convince people that what, what once throughout history has been known as vaccines prevent you from getting the, you know, sick, all of a sudden they don't no longer do that. They're no longer now. I mean, common sense, you know, we, it is, it is terrifyingly dangerous where we are with this state sponsored uh, propaganda machine. And the problem is, you know, we can all look at other countries and we look at Iraq and, and oh, the propaganda over there. Oh, the poor, uneducated people, you know, being, you know, all the propaganda. It's like you, we are so blind that, that we live in the in the deepest levels of propaganda anywhere in the history of the world. And yet we can't most of us can't even see through it, even when it's so blatantly obvious that they're challenging something as basic as gender. And 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 current affairs and history aside. You know, you look at fiction like 1984, you look at at classics like Orwell books and you realize that life today is stranger than fiction. Life is first, it's becoming that fiction, the modern day book burning that they speak of and and all of those things that they warned us against. We're living in it. And it's even crazier than we can believe because so much of, of our society has accepted it. Yeah. And that's a lot of that's due to the school systems. I mean, it is, we've been raised just to trust, raised to believe in authority and not to question authority. And uh, anyways, it's, it's, it's a very, very dangerous place where we are right now. What I think is actually really interesting is if you were the type of person as a child to question authority, you were medicated. If you were the <laughs> type of person to question your gender, you were medicated. Yeah, you were a bad kid. <laughs> yeah. And you were ostracized. You know, you know I've said this for about a year now. The Democratic Party are the best con men and women I've ever seen in my life. They've been conning people for 150 years. You know, I mean, I've often said when it comes to slavery, for example, you can take a race. Make them your farm equipment. 
And then 150 years later, you have them voting for you. Mind you, they're tearing down everything around this country that that's a reference to slavery 150 years ago, but they don't tear down the one thing that created it all, the Democrat Party. And so and that's where we're going to be at in the next few months. The Democrats are going to get us or most people into their feelings. They're going to bring up the race car. Now we got the vax and the unvaccinated. Now you got the illegals that are coming in spreading COVID. You know, they're going to make it so, I mean, those are three elements of division right there in, in itself. This is where we're going to, actually, excuse me, CRT. This is where we're going, to, we're going to head in the next, you know, 10, 11 months. So give me your thoughts on critical race treason, I mean, theory. <laughs> I, I, I love to. Um, it's, it's so deep. Um, to me, it's way beyond critical race theory. This, this goes back to this, this war on truth. You know, there's a lot of people say, Jason, what's your biggest concern? What's your biggest, when you look at the country, what's your biggest concern? You know, there's a lot to be concerned about. There's China at our doorstep, uh, literally at our doorstep. If people had any idea how big a threat China was, they were a bigger threat to us now than the Soviet Union was when we were in the middle of the Cold War. Oh. I mean, if China alone should have everyone terrified, you look at our borders, you know, that alone, the sex trafficking, those two issues alone should have people terrified. You look at what's going on with, with the medical tyranny. I mean, it's like we're being assaulted, John, from so many angles. You know, one of the things I, lo- I love, I love fighting. I've been getting into, you know, MMA fighting. And and one of the things that's, that's uh, very dangerous is when you're getting under attack by so, so a, a barrage of assaults and you just cower and, and, and that's dangerous. You know, the, then, and that's when you're in that spot, the worst thing you can do is, is just tuck and just kind of hide. Uh, and that's where we are as a nation. We, we are just getting assaulted in so many areas. No, we're, we're just, we don't, we're not fighting back. We're just cowering and then and letting them pummel us. Well, the answer is you have to fight back. You have to, you have to punch back. But as you look at all these areas, when you say, Jason, what's the biggest issue? The one area you need to fight back the hardest, it's the ideological war. It's the war for the minds of men and, and women. That is the most important war. And that's the war uh, that's, that is all based on um, ideology. It's, it's thinking. It's in that, it's, that is what Marxists understand. And for uh, over 100 years, they've been slowly taking over our schools, our, you know, our, our, our government, our, our corporations, our, our, univer- our universities, our, our Hollywood, the news. So it is this war on truth, and it's not just in our classrooms, but it's everywhere. It is, you know, it's 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 the eradication of God. It's getting rid of God, and it's replacing the source of our rights with the state. And so that, to me, that is what we're fighting against. Is this is everything this country stands for? This country stands for uh, that there is a God, that they, He is the source of our rights, and that the government then is is created by man to serve man, and has less authority and power than we ourselves have. Well, that's been turned upside down to where now the federal government has replaced God, and the federal government is is trying to now re- define what truth is. And it's in our schools, it's in our entertainment, it's in our music, it's in our corporations, it's it's everywhere. And and 
that is the way they are bringing down this country. It is, it is, it is, it is the war for the minds of men. And how? And, and if you destroy someone's mind, and, and and if you win that war, where people are now uneducated about the principles of liberty, a, a people who are not educated cannot be free. You cannot be free if you do not if if you are not educated on the principles of liberty. So you know that's the way you fight. You win a war without firing a shot. You win. You you, you defeat the mind. And mm-hmm. so we, we have been in this war of truth for years and no one's recognized it until you turn around and ask an average person and no one, and that's why these average people just, they just comply. They comply. They comply. They don't understand. They've lost the war. You know, and that goes back to history because those who do not know history and do not know what communism is or socialism is. So they won't know what it, what it looks like because they didn't read about it through history to know, wait a minute, this sounds like what I learned in school. There's a lot John, of people out there who don't learn that. John, do you know if if you are in Utah and you take an AP history class, will you will not learn about the Holocaust? Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. I yeah, wouldn't and, doubt you on that. It's crazy. And that's Utah. And, and where, why are people not outraged? Because, well, the one that I well the ones that would get outraged because it's not taught are the ones that know history, but the other players. They're just participant in life. They don't nurture life. They don't grow life. They just participate. Yeah. Life tells them what to do. They don't control their own life. They don't control their own freedom. They don't control their own free agency because they don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, because they like to, they like to live in captivity well, where, where there's free exactly. food, there's shelter, and there's nothing to worry about because the master will take care of you. You know, and that's why the black community is the way it is today in Utah. The black and in the world, in this country, the black community is that way because they were taught by the government, you are the victim. Yep. We'll take care of you. Just do what we ask you to do. And the only one thing that we really care about is your vote. You know, yep. LBJ said it in 1967, his quote is, and I'll say it on my air, we'll have these niggas voting for blacks for 20, for 50 years. And guess what? 55 years later, they're still doing it. Yep. Yeah, I met with Candace Owens down in St. George over the summer with her daughter, mm-hmm. and uh, she gave a great speech on this. And uh, she was talking about how the colleges these days, you know, with all the gender studies majors and white supremacy majors, whatever garbage they're teaching there, you know, we've lost the art of trade schools, of trades. You know, no one's coming out of school ability to, you know, fix a sink or a toilet anymore. Produce. Produce. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think a big issue with, with what's going on with the education system right now. But more so than that, you have people coming through the system. And, and like I said, you're seeing this out east where I'm from, you know, through the school system and also what the school is producing them with these majors, these useless degrees. They're spending maybe $100,000 on their education. On gender studies. On gender studies to come out of school saying, hey, I did everything right. I did what I was supposed to do. I went to school. I got my straight A's. I'm an expert now in feminism. You know, why can't I find a job? And there's that feeling of entitlement. Hey, I did everything right. Where's my handout? Where's my free job? Where's my six figure plus salary, which six figure salary, let's face it. That's starting to be more and more with inflation, not enough to cover cost of living in most places. But regardless of that, you're creating this entitlement where this generation is asking for for handouts because they're not going to be able to actually produce in society. And, and they're and so they come out they're not they're not employable 
and what they've been taught in school is who's to blame, not you. It is this. It is capitalism. the patriarchy. It is capitalism. It is, it, you know, it, it is, you know, and so then they go to war with the country yeah, because it. the country and, and, and the patriarchy and, and the white man and, and, you know, and, and, you know, the principles of this country are, are holding them down. So it's very dangerous. I mean, it's, it's these, in fact, Jordan Peterson did an interview with, um, um, he did an interview and basically they, they discussed, is it even still worth it for these kids to go to college today? If they're not going through, you know, some of this, specific science classes for like medical or an attorney where you have to go through it. And, uh, it, 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 shockingly, you know, they, they actually said the modern university does more harm than good. So, the you know, you talk about CRT. what's that? The modern university, as far as I'm concerned, is just a breeding ground to create liberals. Yeah. And, and, and back to what you had just stated that, you know, when they, uh, when you they get out of school, they can't find a job because you, know, you go to school for a college or a, a bachelor of fine arts. Okay, where the hell are you going to get a job at? I mean, that's not a job that's readily available to anybody that can get out of college. But what you do create is a liberal in that field. That's what you create is a liberal. And, you know, back to CRT a moment ago, you know, I've often said that, you know, people truly believe CRT is something that's new. It's not new. No, it's just been around for a new name. Ever. The only difference between now and eight, 10, 12 years ago, they get, they've, they've given it a brand now. And if, when you give it a brand, you can pass a bill under that brand. And then you can tell the schools, you don't teach this curriculum, you do not get funding. That's what the Dems want to do right now. But if you listen right now, Jason, and Alexia, the Democrats are now saying CRT was a hoax. It doesn't exist. That's what the patriots or the uh, the, the uh, rednecks are saying, or the Republicans are saying. But it wasn't. It, it, it didn't exist. It existed when Terry McCullough was running for office in Virginia. Yeah. But when they realized he got his ass handed to him, that's not going to work. So now yeah. they're denouncing it. It's like the old episodes of Scooby-Doo. It's like the ghost that you pull back the the mask and boop, there it is. It's CRT. It's just under a different name now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what it really is, John? <clears throat> um, what's the main character's name in 1984? Um, Winston. Yeah, Winston. Um, <clears throat> in, in the end of the movie, he says, you know, how many fingers am I holding up? And he sees with his own eyes, you know, five fingers. And he says five. And, and, the, and, and this is what the state wants, is they want to control all truth. They want to say whatever they say is truth. And, and so they, 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 they tortured him, tortured him, tortured him, until when he held up five fingers, he saw six. And, and that is what tyrants want. All tyrannies are built upon the foundation of lies. And that's why when you see tyranny, whether it's Germany, where it's the preaching about inferior race or, or Marxism about the abolition of property, or, or you mean, or what, I mean, you can look at so many areas here in the U.S. where you can see these, it, this lie that's being propped up and propped up and propped up. And if you question it, 
you're crazy or you're not allowed to question or you're censored. Uh, anyways, it's, it's terrifying what's going on right now. And, and the most important thing we can do is stand up for truth. We got to call out the emperor and say, no, no, the emperor's got no clothes. You can't go on with, with the facade, with the big lie. Right. Right. You know, Jason and Alexia, I enjoy having you guys on. And we're going to have to do this again. Yeah, I'll John, to my bro. We could talk What's to you. All You're amazing. <laughs> You're a great patriot. No, you honestly. guys are amazing. You're a great leader in the community here in Utah. And it's only a matter of time before you run for office yourself. Eh, eh, eh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but Jason, if people want to know more about you and Alexia, how can they get in touch with you? Well, you got our website, PrestonForCongress.com. And they can donate, volunteer there, but uh, donations are definitely appreciated yeah. now. So so they can get going on our website. They can also go to our Instagram, UT Jason Preston, or our uh, Facebook or Twitter. All of it is UT Jason Preston across the board. But um, yeah, follow us. Uh, I mean, look, follow us, get involved. I mean, our, our, our call out people is, look, country's in trouble and the leadership you're looking for is in the mirror stand up and do your part we all have a role to play and it's not sitting on the sidelines yeah you know i'm gonna put a link to this podcast so when people listen to the podcast um they can directly go to your facebook or your your um instagram and then people can go from the podcast straight to who you guys are and take a look at you. In case when you guys want to know what they look like, Jason looks like Superman, and Alexia looks like Wonder Woman. So <laughs> he's more Wolverine. I, it's more Wolverine. <laughs> a Wolverine. Actually, you know what? He does look like a Wolverine. A little, a little. What is you, Jack? That's how you know I need a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, it was great talking to you. John, you're amazing. God bless you, bro. We'll do it again in a few weeks. Stay in touch. Love you both. Take care, and we'll see you. All right. See you, brother. Thank you.